Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Jonathan de Burke Butler joins us once again to bring us stories from other parts of the world. Jonathan, good afternoon to you. Uh, right, uh, Kosovo, we're going to go to uh, first, and I suppose this feels like a story from. Uh, uh, from many years ago. Uh, this is a gunman has fired on a school bus. Yeah, it's an unidentified gunman who opened fire on a bus carrying school children in western Kosovo. So it happened uh, near the village of Gologian, which is 90 kilometres uh, west of pr- the capital Pristina. Uh, I had a look at some of the pictures of the aftermath and it, it's it's countryside really. And, and even when I looked up this particular town, there's very little on it, uh, nothing on it in English as such. So you've got to mm. get Google Translate. So there's not even population given or anything. So very remote. Um, the shots were fired, fired on Friday evening. OK, and the result was um, the killing of three and the injuring of one. So the, the, the man who was driving the bus was killed straight away. The people on board, there was eight teenage school children, as far as I know. Three of them were rushed to hospital. Two of them died, one, one, one boy and one girl. And as of yet... We don't know what the motive was because the gunman mm. hasn't been found. Now, there's I've been searching high and low to find something, whether in the because it's been covered relatively well in, in the you know the media outlets that cover yeah. world news, Reuters, and all those kind of things. And the only thing that I can see was, which in classic Reuters style is saying, local media say, but we're not saying this, yeah. uh, that it might have been as simple as a dispute between two bus carriers two owners of bus companies that God. are in the middle of a conflict and that somebody hire, might have hired someone to, to shoot at this bus. They are at strains to point out, given the nature of what's gone on in the past in Kosovo, yeah. that it is more than likely not terrorist related, although everybody from the Prime Minister to the President has obviously given their sympathies and that kind of thing. So, you know, your immediate reaction is, you know, oh, a man opens fire on a bus in Kosovo. Yes, is this the start of something? Uh, but it looks like it was just a local dispute of yeah. some sort. I, I wonder, though, does it indicate, though, that, you know, uh, historically there are maybe lots of houses around the place that still have guns in them and yeah, that there's absolutely. A, perhaps a bit too much action absolutely. or access to yeah. uh, or weapons. Right, uh, Uzbekistan we're going to go to next and sex tapes in, in Uzbekistan. <laughs> Down. Uh, that's not the story. <laughs> that's, that's or, that's or it's only part there. of it. Yeah, yeah it is only part of it. Um, it, it. This involves a female politician by the name of Feruza Babasheva. And Babasheva was elected to the local council of the capital, Tashkent, uh, about two years ago. And she is a 43 year old, I think. She's very outspoken, larger than life figure, um, who likes to canvas on her her uh, local um uh, local the people she's representing sorry yes. on their behalf and go to local authorities on facebook live and embarrass them basically saying why aren't you doing this and why aren't you doing that why okay. is the electricity going off why have this per- why has this person got no water so i think she was basically rubbing people up the wrong way and um there's a a couple of incidents that have happened lately so there was a raid on a house that she was in on October the 2nd of this year. Now, the authorities are saying that they were called to this particular house because the neighbours felt that there was some activity which might look like it might have been a brothel going on. So the police raided it. That's what they said anyway. All right, that was the the, the premise on which they went in. And when they went in, they found this woman, this politician, having sex with another man. All right? Okay. Now, somehow, 
that video, the, 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 a video recording was taken of it and this was released on social media. And it was released on social media a couple of days after she criticised a bank called Agrobank for charging T-shirts a 1% commission every time they withdrew cash from the bank. So you see where this is going, right? So she gives the criticism of the bank. The tape is released a couple of days later. The prosecutor's office call her in to answer a case uh, around a defamation case that has been filed against her by the head of this bank. And then a couple of days later, she's stripped of her legislative immunity, uh, which she has as counsellor in in Tashkent. Right. So she is obviously saying that this is very much politically motivated uh, and that she is being, no pun intended, exposed here Mm. uh, and being made to look bad so that she uh, is so that, that, you know, she she she. comes out badly in this defamation case. Uh, who made this video? Did the police make this video? Well, this is the thing, right? There was a radio, the, the police are investigating how a video recording from the raid was placed on social media. Now, presumably, if they somehow leaked that video and managed to see that it was placed on social media themselves... The investigation might not go, go too <laughs> might not go too deep, to be honest with you. But it looks like it's backfired a little bit. She's actually getting an awful lot of support from people uh, again across social media, and they're like, she seems very popular, exactly for the reason that she goes out annoying people who, mm. who you know don't want to be annoyed. I suppose uh, a champion of the people, if you will, in Uzbekistan, and there aren't that many. Uh, and in context of like she was having sex in a house with somebody, mm. two consenting adults, I yeah. assume nothing untoward yeah. about this. Where I, I had the police. That, are there any further charges? Was there a brothel operating there? No, I mean, no. I, I reckon that the brothel was just was, was just a load of rubbish that the police issues saying that this is, oh, we went in there because we, we felt that it was some illegal activity. But there was none. And in fact, she ended up, everybody else who was in the house, now I don't know what kind of arrangement it was, mm. was let go. She was kept there for three hours. Uh, and made to answer all sorts of different questions. So uh, that, now it should be said that it's he says she says sort of a thing going on yeah, here. But sure. I, I, I'm fairly sure who's who who I would be believing anyway, or yes. who I would give more heed to. Uh, right, Qatar. We're going to go to next, where some Norwegian journalists have been arrested. Yeah, and and uh, I'm including this story because, as you know, we recently didn't qualify for the World Cup, and and this is one reason to be glad that we didn't. Yeah, uh, and that's literally because about six thousand people have died since the construction of uh, yeah. all of these stadiums uh, in Qatar getting ready for the next World Cup. So it's it's kind of a good thing that we're not going in many respects. And here's another example. Two Norwegian journalists, they were investigating conditions for the migrant workers in Qatar. Uh, they had done a couple of live broadcasts from, from the country back to their um, national station in Norway. And they were arrested while on their way to the airport, detained for 36 hours. Now, the main reason they were going there was to interview a man by the name of Abdullah Abhais. And he was a spokesperson for the organisers of the World Cup, but he resigned. Subsequently, was very critical of the organisers of the World Cup. Um, And then he was, uh, all of a sudden, he was sentenced to five years in prison for corruption. Okay, he's appealing that. And Mm -hmm. while he's appealing, he's been released. He had set up an interview with these two Norwegians. And a couple of hours just before that interview was supposed to go live, this spokesperson or former spokesperson was arrested. The Norwegians on the way to the airport, as I said, were arrested and detained for 36 hours for apparently trespassing uh, where they weren't supposed to be trespassing. 
It's getting increasingly sinister, and I assume FIFA are all over this and outraged about it. Okay, so I take it from your laugh. <laughs> FIFA, FIFA have been contacted with, by the Norwegians. That's that's all I say. By the yeah. Norwegian Broadcasting Company. Uh, right, uh, Tanzania. Now, this is a story that uh, Jonathan was telling us about uh, before, where uh, a decision has been reversed. Yeah, it's great news, and this goes back to our old friend John Magafuli, who will not be a friend for, for anymore because he died there. Um, he was a bit of a vax anti. Vaxxer, as mm. you know, uh, he was the Prime Minister President of Tanzania for a very long time. And um, during his reign, he was quite controversial. He was extremely conservative. One of the measures that he brought in was uh, he decreed four years ago, it was in June of 2017, that pregnant schoolgirls be expelled from school, obviously, yeah. and that teen mothers weren't allowed to go back to school after they had had children. Now, since he died, a new president has come in, Samia Suluhu, a woman, the first female president in Tanzania, and she has reversed that measure. Very simple story, good news story, and good luck to that particular law. Glad yeah, to see indeed. the back of it. Uh, and his... Um, but his original motivation was not letting these girls go into school was like they were going to give a bad example to oh, the that's other girls. Well, because every, it would mean that everybody in the class would immediately take their clothes off and start having sex, Indeed. basically. Yeah, yes, that's, that's, what that's, that's what it was. Divorce yeah. and contraception yeah, had exactly yeah. that effect on us too. Yeah. Uh, right, the Solomon Islands uh, we're going to go to next where uh, uh, there's been a lot of uh, deaths as a result of this, but there's been unrest there. What, what's been causing that? Well, the, the Solomon Islands are a very interesting place. We don't hear about them that often, right? So, so mm. if you compare it to Fiji, so Fiji has a population of about 1.3 million. Solomon Islands is about half that. So it's about 700,000. They're big and historically very interesting places, right? And and really, it, it involves two groups of people, right? So there's lots of islands on the Solomon Islands, but there's two of them, right? Mm. I won't go into the names. We'll just say one big and important one and one which is of equal size, which has is poorer, but has more people. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, right. So it, basically it, what's been happening over the last number of years is that the, the people who live on the poorer, more populous island have said that they're not getting enough attention. Okay. From where the, the government, from where the, the island where the government is based. And all of these islands have a huge level of autonomy in, in many respects. So they can sort of paddle their own canoe for want of a better way of putting it. Now, a couple of years ago, I think it was in 2019, the Prime Minister of the country declared for China, shall we say, right? So they used to recognise Taiwan and under pressure from China, they basically turned around and they said, new foreign policy, we're not going to recognise Taiwan anymore. And there was criticism from various different islands, including the smaller island, mm. basically saying, you've been bought, we don't like this. And the smaller island said, we're actually not going to allow any Chinese companies to operate on our island. Okay, so they went, flew in the face of the government. Various different things have built up over time and this came to a head last week. Um, there was rioting for three days. And I suppose during the, one of the main parts of that rioting, there was a group of people who headed into Chinatown. There is a small Chinatown in the capital, apparently, and they burnt it to the ground, right? Three people have been found dead in a building that was burnt. Their uh, remains were so badly charged that they're unrecognisable, but it is thought that they are of at least a Chinese background. So right. it's some people sending a very clear message to both China and the government that at least this cohort uh, don't want don't want those people around. Uh, that's uh, and that is so interesting. So many countries around the world are uh, are moving in that direction of not recognizing yes. Taiwan. Um, and actually, I want to jump actually over to Honduras because sure. Honduras, uh, under the previous president, as I, as I understand, was 
making similar yeah, noises about right, doing yeah. that. They now have a new president. Who's that? They do. It's a woman by the name of uh, Zimara Castro, and she is the wife of a former prime minister, a former president, I should say. I always mix them up. Uh, that's her husband, Manuel Zalea, who was ousted in 2019. Okay, sorry, 2009, sorry, 12 mm. years ago. That was in a military coup. Um, now, you could argue the toss because the, the original story where I found this was it was in The Guardian and they basically didn't mention the fact that Zalea back in 2009 was trying to change the constitution to run for a second term. <laughs> something that when <laughs> something that when it came to the turn of the next president to do, he was, of course, up in arms about. But uh, that particular president was successful. So, look, the new the new opposition candidate, the new president, Zio Mara Castro, she will become the first female president of Honduras. Now, she's not going to win in a landslide, but she's going to win fairly handsomely by the mm. looks of it, right? And it's a new change. She's sort of left wing. She's talking about pulling Honduras out of the abyss that they've been buried in by neoliberalism and a narco dictator. And I could just touch on that a little bit because that narco dictator uh, that she's talking to is Juan Orlando Hernandez who appears to be in a lot of trouble now, right? He's been in the mix for the last eight years. His brother, if you remember, was convicted in New York yes, of being yeah. a drug trafficker. And lots of talk about convicting him exactly. as soon as he was out of power. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, which will happen in January. So uh, I think Juan Orlando Hernandez was very much hoping that his horse, Nazarias Fura, who's the, the current mayor of the capital there, was going to win and then, of course, up, offer him uh, diplomatic immunity. But I don't think that's going to happen. So he's going to be in trouble, I'd say. Uh, that's very interesting, uh, though. Even at that, the Americans looked the other way for many, many years while do. these people yeah. uh, uh, did all sorts of stuff. Jonathan, uh, as thanks ever, thanks a million for coming into us. Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again.